Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us anytime at coachbonoshow at gmail.com. This is episode 57.5. And as always on the point five, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, Token Girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wigginton. Ellen, how are you today? I'm doing pretty, pretty good, Bo. I'm glad that it's, uh, as we record this on Friday afternoon, that it's the weekend, basically. Yeah. Is the weather as pretty there as it is here right now? It is beautiful. Um, I know a lot of people are probably heading up to the mountains to take a look at the Aspens and checking out the colors. So uh, if you have such peeping opportunities in your area, go check them out. Or if you got other peeping opportunities, take them, but uh, be careful. Yeah, just make sure they're <laughs> legal, I guess. Or if they're illegal, just make sure you don't get caught. Exactly. <laughs> bad behavior already on a Friday. Well, you know, it is Friday. It's the weekend. Cheers. So, hey, we're going to get into it. Uh, we, we're doing this again, like you were saying, Friday morning here, uh, well, Friday midday. And the biggest news in sports is what happened last night in the dolphins Bengals game. Yeah. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa got hurt and injured. Uh, I took a big hit in the game after already having some questionable stuff happen last Sunday in the game. Mm-hmm where he exited the game for a couple plays, came back in on the next possession, um, wasn't put into concussion protocol because it was said that he had a back injury. Right. Now we're finding out that he probably should have been in concussion protocol, and then he receives a big hit in the second quarter in the game against the Bengals, which clean hit by every letter of the rule. There was no flag on the penalty, but poor Tua's head bounced off the ground yeah and, and it was very troubling to watch if you watched it live they showed a couple of replays and then they closed in on him he had this kind of weird configuration with his fingers uh, I someone likened it on twitter to throwing up gang signs or like his hands had cramped yeah it was like his that's very well put it's like his hands had cramped so I spoke with Dr. Bob New, who's here in my building this after this morning about it. I said, you see this? He's like, yes. And, and yeah. who's Dr. Bob? What Dr. is Bob, Bob New is a chiropractor who's here in my okay. building. He owns the building that we office in and the studio's in. And so I spoke with him about it because I knew that he would know exactly what this was. This is the same doctor who worked with me when I had a neck injury a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, and I said, well, is this a sciatica type of thing? What, what kind of is it neurological? I said, help me. What is, help me understand this. And what he told me was, this is what you see with the fingers is some sort of pressure. Mm-hmm. The upper part of the neck, higher up on the spinal cord. So lower part of the neck, upper part of the spine? Yes. Okay. Well, Where they join? It would have been higher up in the neck, which is high up on the spine. Well. Okay. So higher up toward like the head. Okay. Um, and the impact, you know, he, he likened it to what he, he, he was telling me about my own injury and saying, hey, remember when you had your injury, which was I had um, what they refer to as um, 
a bone spur, but a compressed vertebrae, basically. Okay. And that compressed vertebrae, in my case, cut off some of the usage and feeling in my right arm. Yep. Now, we did some treatment. Not luckily, not having to have surgery in my case, which is nice. But through some treatment, we were able to bring that back out, stretch that back out. But in this case, what happened was the rate of speed in which his head hit that ground, that that last pop of his head yeah. hitting the ground, was such an impact that where it hit, it's like a like you were saying, like a cramping. It's mm-hmm. basically sending a neurological sense sensor to those fingers and getting him to put those fingers in that position he couldn't control that if he'd had to um it's likened it to the idea of if you have a spinal cord or a neck injury and you do like the the old school um knee or elbow um reflex tests yeah the little hammers yep and he said if you do that and you have a spinal cord injury your leg will go out when you do that, but it'll also kind of go out a couple of times. The elbow might do the same thing. That's similar to what this happens. So he was saying this is definitely a neurological issue. This is something he they probably won't require any sort of surgery for. It'll probably be some kind of intense therapy for okay. a few weeks, but it's something that he's definitely going to have an issue with for a while. Ugh. And without looking at, you know, what is the lasting impact? You know, in my case, when something like that happened to me, it was an actual compression, which stayed compressed. Okay. That's not likely what's happened in this case. What's likely happened is it was a quick push, sent that nerve, that signal, but now he's more susceptible to that happening. If I'm, I put my fist together, right? Um, it's more of the sensation of that will continue to happen, similar to the kind of issues you have if you have a concussion. Okay. Now, when you have a concussion, you are more apt to get them afterwards. You know, I'm someone who's had a couple of them. So, I mean, I understand. Oh, okay. Had, once you've had one and it's severe, you have to be really careful about where you hit your head on something. Sure. Because it'll snap you, get another one quickly. Okay. Um, I've had two that I know of. And um, one was pretty severe. The other one was more just a headache than anything else. But it was again that same sort of neurological reaction. Okay. So I, it's a scary moment. I know a lot of us were like, "Oh my god!" I mean, you see something like that, and especially the way that the camera zoomed in on him. And, and luckily, to Amazon's credit, they didn't show it too much. They showed the replay a couple of times, and they got out of it. They didn't go back to the piece with his hands. You know, it was. I don't want to call it sickening, but it was definitely unnerving. Yeah, I, um, Nicholas had basketball practice yesterday. So, uh, I, (laughs) I was half listening to the game during his practice and then we got home and driving when the hit happened. So I didn't really know what was going on. And, uh, and I had to track down footage of the hit and I was like, Oh, damn. Um, okay. I'm glad this isn't just constantly being retweeted. Yeah, I I was fairly disappointed with a fair number of people who were using the the hand stuff as derogatory stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, disappointed, not unexpected, but <clears throat> still just kind of uh, shitty of humanity altogether. But 
it got me thinking about given Sunday, you know, immediately all the calls were for, okay, Miami needs to be brought to the forefront. What is management doing? What's ownership doing? What are the coaching staff doing? What's medical staff doing? And I'm not sure it's as straight of line given the legal hit that occurred. Yeah. Um, that a lot of people are going to presume. So it's 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 going to be interesting because right now everyone, you know, the NFL and the NFL PA have both said that they're doing independent reviews of what happened on Sunday, which could have led to further injuries on Thursday, from my understanding. NFL's just like, yep, no, they followed concussion protocol, but and you and I were talking a little bit more offline about this, is the issue, the protocol, which it probably is because they're continuing to push a product, not care for players' well-being and health, Mm -hmm. or is it a fact that all they really care about, and maybe this leads to my first question, they just want the revenue stream, so they created the Thursday night football game. They added that extra game to the season they cut one of the preseason games because of that yeah to the bigger question and we'll get back to the Tua thing in a second but Mm -hmm. the bigger question I think is something you got to look at is that yeah the the NFL ever since the concussion um lost they lost yeah we have talked they've tried to be they've said they are front and center on safety but sure. every major action they've taken tells us the opposite. Well, and it's all retroactive, there. right? It's all, you know, trying to catch up to what the reality is. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it, um, it, it's just, it, it's a shame. It's, um, Yeah, to your point, I think that it's sad that we look at this and um, the league has, you know, said one thing but done mm-hmm. enough. And right. I, and I think that's where it's at now. I mean, you look at what they did with they negotiated a deal with the Players Association and they bribe them basically by saying, here's how much more money we're going to make in revenue. You get half of it. Right. So they – and they increased the revenue share to – um, the players from mm-hmm. 49 to 50 percent, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're talking about billions of dollars, it's a ton, yeah. Um, and they added week 17, a week, another, another game, adding another game. You've we've seen you mentioned to me earlier about Richard Sherman put a thing in the Players' Tribune about this in 2016. In 2016, he did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen other things in the last couple of years where players have come out and said, you know. Once we get to week 17, once you have a 17th game, there's no going back. Yeah. And then so the league says, well, let's get rid of a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Okay, that doesn't really affect the players that are the starters and whatnot. But now we have Thursday night games every week. And a game like this situation where these two teams played on Sunday. Now, I'm not against the idea of Thursday games if the, play, the teams playing have a bye week the week before. You know, that to me, that makes sense. Now, that could be inequitable to a team that has to play week two 
or week three on Thursday night. Right. You say, well, they're using up their bye week, week two or three. Okay. Then figure out some way to make this equitable all the way around. I, I agree with you. A lot of what the NFL says runs very contrary to what they're doing. And then to say, um, to then come out and say, well, um, Tua passed the protocol. Mm-hmm. It's passed. So going back in the it, Tua wasn't in the protocol. Had he been in the protocol, he would have not gone back in the game at all. Because yeah, once you're because, in the concussion protocol, you're out the game. Right. Because they he said was, it's was, a back you know, thing, not a concussion. Not a, not a concussion. So the NFL is talking out both sides of their mouth on this. Well, and I don't think it's only the NFL, because if you look at Miami and their organization over the last several years, whether it's the Flores lawsuit or other things, you kind of wonder what the pattern and practice is within that organization to push things that perhaps they shouldn't just so they can. Yeah, I wonder how under the leadership of Stephen Ross, the, the Dolphins have done some very questionable things. They've we've seen them, whether it's you know pushing Tua through this thing early, whether it was you know um, trying to hire Sean Payton while he's still under contract. Right. We've seen them fort with Brady twice. Yep. Um, that they've both been. I mean, they've he's had his hand slapped twice on it now. Yep. This is an organization that's just kind of thumbed their nose to the rules. And because Stephen Ross is a multi-billionaire, he said, well, just find me what you're going to find me. Let's move. Yeah. And, and when, especially when talking about players' safety. And, and I know they make rules. I don't always agree with all the rules that come into account with the, with the quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. where, where can you hit a quarterback? Hey, that hit was as clean as it can be. That hit was legal. It was clean. And every quarterback in the league gets hit that way. It just so happened the fluke part of it is his head hit the ground in that way. And when it did, it affected what had happened just a few days before. Yeah. And so we can lay a lot of blame on the Dolphins. You can lay a lot of blame on Tua himself. You can lay a lot of blame on the NFL. Problem is everyone is to blame. I fully agree. There's, I, I, do not think as easy as it is to just say the Miami organization is to blame. It's not a straight line. And, you know, there, there is risk and reward for playing football. And to a certain extent, they all sign up to it, but the NFL needs to stop doing so much lip service for the benefit of the revenues because like you said these owners they really aren't being injured with fines and penalties they have more money than any of us could ever imagine swimming in yeah yeah and i and these are people's lives it's not just money to them it's their livelihood and it's it's their ability to function after they leave the sport yeah and just to go back to remember that where this all this concussion protocol came from was because this league and this sport turned its back. They lied about they, it. They turned a blind eye to this for willingly and knowingly for yeah. generations. Yeah. 
and we have generations of guys who, you know, we've seen the extremes of guys like Mike Webster who killed himself. When you're say out, yeah, you know these things CTE. were, you yeah, CTE is a deal, and you would think they'd be more careful. And I, I hope that this is a reminder that it is more important to be careful than it is to try to have a Tua versus Burrow on Thursday night. Right. Happy Burrow won, but at the same <laughs> time, that doesn't make it right. I, no. My heart bleeds for Tua today. I mean, it is. What I like, that I like Tua Tagovailoa. I liked him in college, even though he went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. I, I like him as a player. Um, I thought it was really crude what they did to him last year. They, yeah. they basically said, you suck, and we're going to blame everything on you. And then they tried to flirt with, try to break the rules and flirt with Tom Brady. Again, ownership Again. issues. Yeah. And then they realized, okay, this is it. I'll put these places in. And, and, and I think secretly, I think Dolphin ownership doesn't want him to succeed. No. I think they want him to fail so they can get a bigger name. Yes. And I just, I... I can't help but root for the young man. And then to see that injury, I mean, when it happened, I was like, oh, and I'm and I, here I, I'm rooting for the Bengals because Burrow's right. not. But I saw that. I just, I mean, I literally set my drink down. It was like, oh my God. I mm-hmm. talk about bad luck. This guy gets hurt. I I just my, my heart is out there for Tua. You know, it's and, and you know, it's hard for him to even stand up at this point and, at that point and say, hey, I can't play. Right. Because he knows, he knows that he's already on a short leash this season. Well, and it's not even that. I, I personally don't know how much money is guaranteed. Yeah. Which also goes to influence players' decisions that yeah. if they don't play, they don't get paid. Yeah. And so there's so much about this that in, in any professional sport, yes, they make ridiculous amounts of money. And I get that people get pissed off about that, but they are the commodity. Yeah. And so they have oftentimes not a whole lot of choice, but to play. Yeah. And they put, and in the, and in football, especially they are the commodity and it's an expiring commodity. Yeah. It's a very short half-life. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, and again, we can talk about you have a longer baseball career, you can have a longer basketball career, and not even that. You are putting your quality of life yeah. after the sport so much at risk just because you play the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and is it a different ways of looking at it? Whether it's the head injury stuff and CTE, you know, the, the linemen with the size they put on those guys. The joint oh function God. just oh from God. getting hit. <laughs> I mean, it's no coincidence that every time we see a lineman on ESPN now working after post career, they're thin because they realize I got to lose all this weight that I just put on. They're thin. And yet, if they are a hand talker like I am, they have multiple joints in their fingers that are displaced. They yeah. probably have a knee or hip already replaced. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's, it's not glorious. No, and I get it. And most people will say, you know, well, you know, they they get paid all that money, and yeah, that's more than than, than all of us make. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know a lot of folks who will say, yeah, I'll take that money 
But then they also would, would they would you take all that all that pain? No. A lot I, of folks that once they find out how much it is, they go, yeah, I don't know. It, it's truly the definition of work-life balance, right? Yeah. That's well put. <laughs> I love that on Twitter you uh you, I just see this now. Where that's <laughs> you, know, you have posted a couple of pictures saying it's podcasting time and um well for lack of a better term you've uh you, you put your pussy on uh i on, did i did on uh, on twitter i did gilmore was uh posing uh he is my cat yeah he is not my own personal entity i don't yeah. need it so yeah. sorry and we, and, we, and we wouldn't and we wouldn't encourage you to put that on twitter anyway uh but yes he was very cute so i had to uh tag are very cute pictures and from a dog guy to say that they're very cute pictures. <laughs> you know, I just, I saw that on the Twitter feed just a moment ago. I was like, oh, I got to say something about that. Yeah, absolutely. Plus it gives you a chance to make a pussy joke. Anytime you can make a pussy joke, it's always. It's worth it, usually. Yeah. So I did see that Mike McDaniel says that Teddy Bridgewater will be the Dolphins week five starting QB if to a tag of Iowa can't go. What? Why if, are they even qualifying this? At if this uh, Tua should be given like a month off at earliest, like they should be like, dude, you you're not playing. They you're should not just play you pass. Do you pass so many concussions? And no, 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 you're not playing for quite a while. They should just put them on IR, be done with it, and if they need to, you know, fill I, their roster with a backup for Teddy, go. Teddy didn't play bad. No. In football, the football side of it, he didn't play that. No, but he also, yeah. um, last year when he started for the Broncos, it wasn't the most exciting thing that we ever saw. No, Teddy's not exciting. Whether he was in Minnesota, whether he was in Denver, whether he was in New Orleans, he is not exciting. And Teddy, I, Teddy is the guy, though, that if you've got a quarterback out for a month, he can get you half the wins. But I don't think that Tua is going to be out for just a month. I don't think it's going to be a month either. I and so they need I'd to start. Shocked. I'd be shocked if he's back in a month. Let's be proactive. Put him on the IL, IR, whatever, and go get another quarterback and just let him rest his body (laughs) and his head and his spine and everything and him not have any pressure to try to come back too soon. Well, let's transition from one, the biggest story of the day, to the story that's finally catching traction after we said a whole bunch of shit last week about this. And finally, we are getting traction. Finally on ESPN, they will talk about this. Uh, And that is the worthless scumbag son of a bitch that is Brett Favre. He's really just shown his colors, hasn't he? Yeah, so Brett Favre, there's a story coming out this week on ESPN.com. And it's again, it's one of those staff written things. It's not even, no one's even coming out and putting their name on it. That's how much this world is afraid of Brett Favre for some reason. By the way, if Brett Favre listened to this, fuck you, Brett Favre. Super, super. I fuck you, really Brett Favre. have that. I've never been a fan of his. And I never will be. Fuck that guy. Um, so we're now seeing that Favre's charity, this is called Favre for Hope. Favre for, because he was the right. Hope. 
donated $130,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation from 2018 to 2020, according to tax records obtained by ESPN on Wednesday. Yep. Off ESPN.com. So in and of itself, a charity wants to give money to whoever they want to give it to, that's fine. Sure. No problem with that. But here's where I got a problem. Far for Hope, whose mission statement says it provides support, quote, for disadvantaged and disabled children and breast cancer patients. And it receives public donations. Because it's a 501c3 organization. 501c3 corporations, they receive. So obviously, Farb was going to raise his money for his own charity, which a lot of people do. Sure. And again, I, I'm not against people raising money for their charity and giving that money away. But what I got a problem with is if I give money to your charity for disadvantaged and disabled children or breast cancer patients. Right. Don't be giving the fucking money to a volleyball team at Southern Miss. Which, given the welfare misappropriation of, of funds from the state of Mississippi, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if there's some sort of laundering mechanism going on. Yeah. Are th- is there is he laundering money through his charity so it can't get traced back from the welfare? Well, the welfare thing was yeah, it was direct to the, the five million dollars in question uh-huh. that came out that he directed that he spoke with the governor about right. it, the process that was directed through a not for profit, not his not for profit. Okay, not this particular one. It was a different one. Okay. But it was one that Farb was on the board for or was involved with in some way. Sure. He was helping bring that money in. But yes, that's how they were trying to circumvent this process, was they were trying to say that the TANF fund, the Temporary Assistance and Need Fund of Mississippi, was giving this money to these not-for-profit organizations, which I can, you know, again, you'll see them give to charities. Sure. You'll see them given to whether charities or just food or, or something along those food lines. There's plenty of those. Food banks. Right. There's plenty of those. Those those would absolutely give money to. Absolutely. But there's a process by which you apply for that. Right. A process for that. And so what we found is the person that's to blame for these monies getting funneled over there, that person's pled guilty. Yep. And we've come to find out that they, that they basically did launder $77 million worth of funds to these charities. Wow. And $5 million of it went to Southern Miss's volleyball program to build, an arena, to build a stadium of some type, an arena of some type for volleyball. Right. In the direction of Brett Favre. We talked last week that we gave some of the text messages last week that yep. he stated. But again, here he is doing it again. Not only did he know about the $5 million, but he chipped in another 100 plus grand from his own charity, which means he specifically went and raised money saying it was for disadvantaged and disabled children and breast cancer patient, patients, and instead gave the money to a volleyball team. I'm going to make a very crude um, comparison, but I think it's something that you and I will both agree on. Um, 
it's like Trump saying that he's raising for his re-election campaign and he's funneling it over to his legal fund. Yes. Yes, the Trump defense fund. Yes. Yes. It's exactly what it is. It's the, and you notice these scams are all run by the same type of people. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Right-wing, Christian conservative, terrorists, Whatever you want to call them, that's my view. I, they're right-wing Christian conservative terrorists, in my view. And often Republicans. Often Republicans. And, and it's something that when you see this, it, it's ridiculous that we're seeing this. And, and, the, and it's just the, the hubris of being able to get away with this activity. This is not something that you or I could get away with. No, no. I mean. Or that we would even try. I, we wouldn't try. And if we were huge names, I don't even think that we would try to think that we could do it. Um, but yes, there is some sort of sense of entitlement at some level with the people who either figure out that they can do it or just decide that they won't get caught, that they just don't care. Yeah. It's the same kind of people that say you can I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't lose any votes. Yep. You know, I can grab them by the pussy. And you can do it when you're when you're when you're a celebrity, they let you do it. Yep. Same thing. It is. It's 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 abhorrent behavior. Yeah, really I have is. not seen anyone defend Brett Favre yet. I, how can you? I don't know. I, I haven't watched to see if Fox News has tried yet, but I'm sure I'm oh, sure no. try at some point. Fox News is just trying to figure out another way to smuggle um, migrants across the country and claim it's not human trafficking. So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, just another little leakage part of this. Now, there's one good thing to come out of this Brett Favre deal. And we shared this story on the Coach Bono's Twitter feed. If you yeah. get a chance to follow us on Twitter, you'll see this story. I just shared it earlier today on Friday. Abby Wambach. The soccer, uh, the soccer player, America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Just, I love that. You want that? Um, <laughs> she was part of a. Oh, let me get it pulled back up here now. She was working with the concussion drug company. Mm-hmm. It's also backed by Brett Favre. Yes. And she basically, you know, heard this Brett Favre shit and went, "Nope, I'm out." Yeah. She, she wants nothing to do with Brett Favre or anything he's a party to. She this fully divested. This is the ultimate fuck you and everything you believe in. Yeah. And I'm here for it. I am too. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, I, I hope that whatever drug development his company comes up with, I hope it's good relative to folks who suffer mm-hmm. concussions. Football players and soccer players suffer a lot of concussions for yeah. A lot of the same reasons. Yes. So, I mean, Abby just flat out saying, yeah, deuces, I'm out, is a pretty big statement. And I love it. This is the quote from Abby Wambach in the story at ESPN.com. Since I I genuinely believe this company was being transparent about a product that could spare the next generation of athletes from the severe impact of concussion injuries, that I endured as a professional athlete. I am profoundly angry, disappointed, and saddened by what I learned today. 
and this goes into the company working with Brett Favre and some of the things that they've done. Um, yeah, it was she, all she has said is that it's disturbing information quote about Odyssey Health Company. Yeah, the company in question here, which Brett Favre is the top investor in. I mean, you have to start wondering where else is money being funneled to. Yeah. And, and anything that Brett Favre is a part of, we've talked yep. in this case, we saw the thing we talked last week about how Brett Favre is not a good money person. Right. And so if he's channeling money through something, is it legal? Is it illegal? I mean, he's so stupid. He may not know the difference. Well, or where are they getting funds from? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know if you heard, going back to the Mississippi thing, have yeah. you heard who else is involved in this? So. I don't know if this name means anything. Do you know who Ted DiBiase is? Yes. Million <laughs> dollar man. The wrestler. Yeah. So he's involved in this. Oh shit. He also had a not-for-profit organization that his son, who was Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah. Um, and he was actually the head of the son was. The son has pled guilty, and is facing like a two million dollar fine, and the state of Mississippi was actually trying to recover his home oh um that dibiase's son dibiase jr had actually bought a home on a lake in mississippi a three million dollar house and they believe that some of the funds came from a not-for-profit organization oh damn part of so that means they're all talking to each other and they're like you know here we can take a bunch of money from the people who actually need it just so we can fund our own fun things That's when I first heard about the whole welfare thing was off of DiBiase Jr. Oh, wow. No, and I heard then the Favre thing came out. And DiBiase Jr. didn't do nearly as much as Favre did. Yeah. Wow. So that was, that was kind of a, a unique side thing on that. Um, just un, unfucking believe. So I have a question for you. What you got? Get to the next thing. You live in Colorado. Yes. And you guys have all the sports book commercials we have everywhere else, right? Yeah. All right. So have you seen the Caesars commercials? You guys have those there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite Manning? Oh, you know, out of all of this, and I'm taking into consideration the Manning cast because I do watch the Manning cast on Mondays. I'm a low-key Eli fan. Eli's cool. I like all of them. Archie's my guy still. Archie will always be my guy. Well, you grew up with him. I grew up with him. I got my Saints gear on right now. Yeah, I see that. Um, But I asked because now we can all be Caesars, like the Mannings. Can we? We can all be Caesars. And this week, the pick segment is going to be brought to you by Caesars. Look at this. So Caesars is sponsoring the pick segment for for the next few weeks. And you can get a bonus deposit, a, a deposit bonus. Mm-hmm. Download the Caesar Sportsbook and make your first deposit. And you play your first uh, first bet, you get a deposit bonus. Plus, you get 50 extra bucks when you use our link in the show notes. So well, you're already going to get a bonus, but you get 50 extra bucks. Let, let's get this up oh. for Saturday morning for college football. But I mean, so let's get it going here. So, hey, you've been on a roll. <laughs> you, you're riding the same horse you've been on a roll for a couple of weeks in a row so I have been you, last week you took Kansas minus seven 
Yep. At home, they covered the spread by winning by eight. So you are now two and oh. Um, I went, I picked three picks. I went one, one, and one. And I know lost you're disappointed. To, lost the USC game. I tied, I pushed the Alabama in the first half. Mm-hmm. It was exactly 11. So if you were able to get 10 and a half, you won. But if you were, if you were with me, you were at 11, you, you, you pushed. And then we won the other game. So I've got my three picks. But before we get into my three picks, are you riding the same horse again this week? Or are you changing, are you changing horses this week? I, I am not. Uh, I continue to take KU, which is three-point favorite. It is homecoming. Um, I am very actually sad. So this is my 20th law school reunion, which I am not attending this weekend. Uh, it's going to be amazing in LFK this weekend. Bo, I hope that you and Peyton stay safe. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, Iowa State was a, a favorite against Baylor and uh, Baylor blew them out. And I really think that Leipold has something genuine and building going on there. After this week, I have lots of questions just because the rest of the Big 12 schedule is going to be super tough. But we saw last week, Oklahoma can be beat. Your Wildcats did that. So um, I'm going to keep riding them. And and I think I will ride them all season. And I will be happy to do so. So Iowa State is a three-point favorite. Yes. You're thinking Kansas plus three. I think it's a very solid pick. Yep. BKU, you got three. They're at home. They're going to have a big crowd again. I Almost sold I, out already. So I don't dislike the pick at all. I would actually go that way as well. If I they had if they had individual prop bets on Jalen Daniels on the app that I'm currently bad. using, yeah. I would act, I would well, I would come on him individually for sure. I, I would definitely check the Caesars app because there are going to be some. Okay. And what I will tell you is that um, I placed a bet two weeks ago at the behest of my son. P Money came in strong and said, Dad, you want to jump on Jalen Daniels to win the Heisman? Yes, sir. So I, I didn't do much. In five bucks, I got him at 150 to one plus nice. 15,000, which pays $750. The odds on Jalen Daniels have come clear down to 60 to 1. No, he's on the Heisman watch list. He is the sixth favorite, according to the Vegas right now, for the Heisman. Guys ahead right now, CJ Stroud's the favorite Mm -hmm. from Ohio State, uh, followed by Bryce Young from Alabama. Yep. Um, The third one is uh, Killen Williams, the quarterback Mm -hmm. from USC, who was second, now third. Right. Tennessee's quarterback. Has jumped in the top five is Stetson Bennett from Georgia. And only five players ahead of Jalen Williams. I feel so good about it that I actually got one of those cash out things where it said, if you want to take money early, you can. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to let it ride a couple more weeks. because nice. He's going to have a couple more good games. That thing is going to come down a little more. I, and, and now the SEC teams. Start getting in the SEC play. 
and we're going to see Tennessee take a loss. We're going to see Georgia, Georgia and Alabama kind of battle yeah. it out a little bit. They're going to have some rough games in there. If he keeps playing well, if they keep winning, and you're right that we've seen that Oklahoma is beatable. Yeah. KU okay, has Iowa State, the TCU next week, their home game. Then they do have Murderer's Row for three weeks mm-hmm. in a row. At Oklahoma, at Baylor, Oklahoma State coming back here. I really think the hardest of those three games is Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's the best of those three. I think they're the best team okay. in the world right now. Oklahoma can be beat. You can outrun Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We've seen that each of the last couple of years. We've seen it already K-State beat them up. And K-State isn't that good. So, and KU yeah. definitely has the tools from a running standpoint to yeah. be able to do that. They have, they have athletes. Mm-hmm. And then Baylor, Baylor's going to have a tough defense. David Randall's going to make you score. It's going to be hard to score points. Sure. He scores a lot of points. And if mm-hmm. they're scoring 40 and 50 on teams, they're still going to score 25 on Baylor. Yeah. So Baylor's got to try to outscore you there. And Oklahoma State's the wild card. That's the one where you go, man, they can beat you on both sides of the ball. Sure. They can score points. But if they can get through that, and you're at Texas Tech, not a gimme by any means. No. Texas comes to you. And then the game we talked at length about last week, and that's at K-State, which I think it's going to be a huge game. It's going to be so much fun. I almost wish yeah. that I could uh, go to Bill Snyder Stadium, family stadium. I think, that, I think the wife are talking about going. I think Good, you should. So, um, that's the same day as LSU and AM. No, I'm that's tough for me to miss. That's a tough one for me to miss. I know. I know. How many times are going to be what's considered there? Use that AM LSU game is at night. So if KU K State's an early game, we'll definitely go. Nice. But yeah, I, um, but yeah, we've got that. And then I'm the week the KU plays Texas, I may go down to Arkansas and go to the LSU Arkansas game. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, me and Peyton have done that a few times. I really have a good time there. Those are some really nice people. The Arkansas Fayetteville. people. Yeah, Fayetteville is going to be. They should be very excited about what yeah. that program is they doing. Got a good program. They're going. I think they stay close in the game against Alabama this week. Yeah, you know, it's seventeen in that game. I had to pick that game on the Jones report. I took seventeen. Oof, that's that's a, t- a tough one. But yeah, that game's at Arkansas. I like Pittman. I like what he's doing there. He's he's doing a great. He's, he's my a dog. Great he's, job. I love head coaches that were offensive line coaches. Well, and it's they're, not they're even that. He is, to me, in some ways, he's in line with Coach O, just kind of being like a very normal dude. Yeah, and Coach O's D-line coach, yeah. And I think it was, what, the first or second game day that they had him on, um, the Arkansas coach, kind of in their on-the-field interview in the pregame. And he was just like, yep, let's get a cold one, drink it, and let's go. Yeah, it's always a cold beverage afterwards, and he'll, yes. he'll say what the cold beverage of the week is. Cold beer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, he, and I like, and then he does the go hogs. Yep. Like Coach O did go Tigers. Yeah, and it's that's become a popular thing across the board. Block. Yeah. yeah. It's great, and I like him a lot. It, when you get one of those old grizzly offensive or defensive line coaches, your head coach, you can't yeah. like them. Yeah. Because players relate to them, even the star players. Who sure. Never, Never played that position. And they'll give a shit about that position usually. But they relied on those positions. They rely on them. Yeah. And they understand, you know. 
It was an old line in North Dallas 40 where the quarterback says to the receiver, <laughs> hey, you keep me in the you you keep me in the sports page, but he keeps me out of the obituaries. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So it um I like coaches like Sam Pettman. So I, I'm rooting for Arkansas. Not against the LSU I won't, but of course. But going back to Kansas, um no, I like them this week too. And I, I hope they don't put the hex up. I liked them last week. I just I knew it'd be a high square game. I took the over last week's game. That was my loss. Oh, okay. The over in that game. And I I really liked, I really liked that over, but it was by two, we missed the over by two points. Gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know what the over under is for this week's game. It won't be as high scoring, I don't think. I I do think KU scores 30 plus. I think they will. I would, yeah. I think, they, I think they may win comfortably. So I think the game will be closer than last week's. I, let me see if we rephrase that. I don't think it may, it might not be as close as last week's game. I don't know um, if Iowa State's going to have a chance to score at the end of the game to win. Yeah, the over is 59. Ooh, that'd be tough to go over on. Not really. Three-point spread, you're thinking. So in theory, that's 59. That's You're thinking of what? 31-28 on three-point spread. Yeah. So I would think it'd be the other way around then. I would say I would think KU could win 31 to 28, but I don't think I'd see Iowa State win 31-28. If Iowa State wins, it's going to be 24 to 10. Yes. If KU wins, it's going to be 35 to 20. There will be a much bigger spread with KU. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah, so uh, you, you got the J. You're on the Jayhawks again. Okay. So now I got to pick games. Folks, don't fade my action, but, but just bear with me. I got three games I like this week. And I like all of these. I'm going to get, I'm going to go college first. And I, I'm going to start with, oh, where is it now? Damn it. Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. A&M's getting three and a half. A&M's a better team than Mississippi State. I saw Mississippi State a couple weeks ago against LSU. They can, they're, they're not highly talented, and they're not particularly well coached at times. They're a gimmick. They're the, the pirate, you know, Mike yes. Leach. They're very much a gimmick. When that gimmick works – it's hard to beat. But when that gimmick's not working, it's going to be, I don't want to call it a bloodbath, but it's going to be a rough. Okay. That game's at 3 o'clock. It's at Mississippi State. Yeah, you're going to have those obnoxious-ass cowbells. But, you know, start Vegas is not going to be that bad, hard during the day. I'm taking A&M. I like A&M outright. So three and a half is a gift. I'm taking a and The other one is another SEC matchup. This one's earlier in the day. And I have seen handicappers on this one. I have seen a whole lot of talk about this game. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Old Miss. This is, people are saying this could be a trap game for Kentucky. Okay. Um, Kentucky is now number seven in the country. Which is you know, wild. they got they got Ole Miss this week. They've got a couple of weeks, a uh, couple. They got South Carolina, then Mississippi State, but they're 
people are saying that Kentucky's looking forward to a couple of weeks on the road against Tennessee and kind of looking forward to that game. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Um, I like what I've seen out of Kentucky. I think that I love Kentucky's quarterback, Tevis. I think he is – I think he's a legit Heisman contender. And I'm taking Kentucky. If you're going to give me seven, I will take seven. But I don't think I need seven because I'm going to trust that Lane Kiffin's going to end up turning the ball over. (laughs) I'm going to take Kentucky to win this game outright as well. All right. So give me Kentucky plus the points, A&M plus the points. That's my two college football picks. Both of them road dogs. And both of them in conference, I would be a little, little more weary who are night games in both the in both the Mississippi schools. Yeah, the day games I kind of like. I think that Lane Kiffin won't be quite awake from the frat party the night before. Yeah. So, you know, that eleven a.m. start. So give me, give me uh, Kentucky and give me a And M. My third game hurts my heart, Ellen. It just hurts my heart and my soul. It is the NFL. We have a London game. I don't know why we have to have games in London. Because um, they're trying to expand, expand. their revenue yes. stream. Yeah, and in fact, eventually the Jacksonville Jaguars will become the London Jaguars. Well, Minnesota Vikings are going to be hosting the New Orleans Saints 8.30 in the morning local time here in Kansas City. As someone who is a Saints fan, my entire life, I've never had to get up this early for a Saints game, but I'm going to. You are. I'm going to get up and watch, but I'm going to get up, watch, and be very disappointed because the Vikings are going to put it on the fucking Saints. The Saints team is no damn good right now. It's tough. The offense isn't good. Kamara doesn't look great. The offensive line's banged up. Losing Taron Armstead at left tackle. And him going to the Dolphins was too big a blow to this team. And now Jameis Winston's out. No, he's doubtful, but most likely out. Michael Lewis or uh, Michael Thomas is out. I just don't know if the Saints are going to have the horses. I hate betting on Kirk Cousins because I absolutely hate Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but this is a better Vikings team than the Saints. The Vikings minus three should like to play for me. So I'm, all right. Vikings minus three. I won't feel bad if they lo- if I lose that bet. That's my other one of them. The Vikings minus three. All right. So quick review. Ellen's on Kansas plus three. I've got Kentucky plus seven. Texas A&M plus three and a half. Vikings minus three and I may or may not have another pick for you only on Twitter on Saturday I'll let you know if I have something good there nice so uh, don't forget to check out the show the, the link in the show notes Caesar Sportsbook we thank them for sponsoring this part of the podcast you get your bonus of uh, sign up bonus deposit bonus you also get an extra $50 when you use our sign up so use our link Get you an extra 50 bucks. Get it in there. Take care of. We thank them. Last story I want to talk about this week. And you hadn't heard about this until we talked. And I didn't know about this until Wednesday night. Uh, Tyler Jones brought it to my, to my attention. Yeah. 
The Big Ten is at it again. So I don't know if you've seen, but the Big Ten, and I need to get this right real quick here. I want to make sure I get this guy's name right because this guy's not making nearly enough money. Who is the Big Ten commissioner? It is Kevin Warren is the Big Ten commissioner. The Big Ten, this guy's a genius. Um, He has, Kevin Warren is now talking to, you know, they send the three big deals moving forward with um, NBC, Fox, and uh, no, that was NBC, Fox, and CBS. Okay. The big, the new Big Ten package. Yep. Well, it appears that there are still, there is still some um, um, bits and pieces that can still be negotiated here. Things afoot? Uh, and Kevin Warren has uh, been talking in to some schools. Word on the campfire is that Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal are discussing running the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And with the, those additions, not only will it increase the revenue on the existing three deals, but will also give enough um, enough supply, if you will, for a fourth television package, which is being exclusively offered to Amazon and Apple Plus. Okay. And the big the big tennis negotiating is still right now. There is no rights window they have to worry about. There's what's basically looks like it's happening right now is these four schools are talking into some kind of good faith to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten is currently working in their own ranting of rights with the idea of we can bring these four schools over. Now they have to get some help. This is where it really gets interesting. Four schools can't get out of their granting of rights with the Pac-12 unless they can somehow vote a granting of the rights retraction. And that retraction can be voted on. And if eight of the existing 10 teams were to say, we want out, they can. So it okay. seems the Big 10 has encouraged Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado to join the Big 12, who are currently negotiating with ESPN for a future contract. They're in the exclusive um Exclusive rights right now. Right now, there was an exclusive window just for ESPN. Of course, if you add those four schools, that would give ESPN more programming mm-hmm. and, of course, make for a bigger deal for your conference. This would be the death blow to the Pac 12. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it would, just wouldn't make any sense, right? Yeah. It would leave, it would leave Oregon State and Washington State in the twisting in the wind. Yeah. Um, but as we've seen, there is no, there's no company for misery here. And the schools, Oregon's not gonna save Oregon State and Washington's not gonna save Wazoo. So it looks like what's gonna happen, this may happen. We may see ESPN make a package with the Big 12. Uh-huh. Um, Amazon or Apple make a deal with the Big 10 for an existing package. If this all happens at once, before signing the ink, they can all eight schools could vote to leave the Pac-10, and they have enough votes between the eight of them not pay an exit fee. Pretty genius of the move. 
It really is. And it'll be fascinating to see if it actually comes together because I think from a geographical sense, it makes far more sense for the big 12, given that they've kind of stuck with that Midwest mountain West plus West Virginia um, kind of mindset. And it's fascinating to me that the big 10 is going East West. But one of the things that you mentioned while we are offline that I find interesting for most school, for most, most sports, excuse me, except for football, that they would basically do road swings. And so they could do the West coast schools or the East coast schools over the course of a week, we could have two weeks, whatever. And that would be easier on the, you know, the student athletes, traveling budgets, all that kind of stuff, which it it again (laughs) goes to reiterate that college sports are not an amateur thing. They're a revenue driver. (laughs) And I mean, if you're planning around this stuff, it's, it's not just because you're being nice. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is trying to look forward into the, where are we going, you know, future of college sports and it's very much about college football, but there has to be some sort of, the, the sports, the non-revenue sports have to be given some kind of realistic way of doing business. Yeah. Um, you know, we have things like baseball and, you know, um, softball, soccer, volleyball, volleyball. You, have, you have, you can't have the Rutgers volleyball team taking a flight to California to go play USC right. and vice versa. But you could have the USC volleyball team go to Penn State on Monday, Rutgers on Wednesday, Maryland on Friday, mm-hmm. and then come home. Yeah. Makes sense. The, the vice versa. Maryland can go play Washington, Oregon, and Stanford. Yeah. Come home, and then a couple of weeks later, go back out and play, a month later, and go play USC, Cal, and UCLA. And UCLA. Yeah. You can make those things work. That it looks like the Arizona schools to the Big 12 make a lot of sense too. It does. Uh, that, that, that makes sense. And then you have Utah, you have already have BYU coming in that conference. Mm-hmm. You add Utah, they're, they're already rivals. That works out great. And then Colorado has built in rivalries with some of the older school, the Oklahoma State. Their, their legacy. KU, their legacy from the, from the big, the big 10, or the big eight days. Yeah. So that's not unusual, and the proximity is there. Yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. It looks like Kevin Warren is the guy behind all this, and this guy is moving at the speed of light. And uh, if there's an executive of the year in sports, that guy's got my vote. Well, and I'll be interested to see how the new Big 12 commissioner responds to a lot of this because, you know, he's (laughs) – he's. He's coming from a, a land of quick movement and he came in kind of late as compared to the big 10 commissioner. Yeah. But um, they've also, he's jumped in now, yeah. the story. Dennis Dodd broke a story on CBS sports. If you want to find it, um, it's uh pac 12 in danger of eventual collapse as big 10 considers further expansion, big 12 interest looms. Um, Dennis Dodd is a great college yeah. sports writer. And Fantastic. 
and knows his stuff. If, yep. if something's going up, he's reporting it, it's going on. Yeah. Yeah, he's not someone who's going to just run with some kind of rumor. So um, it is pretty significant what could happen here. And this could be huge. And we talked about it for years. We thought that this was going to be, a, there was going to be one conference that lost. Yes. Now, I, for years, thought it was going to be the Big 12. I did. I thought for years it was going to be the Big 12. I thought the Big 10 was going to take part of them. The Pac-12 was going to take part. And the SEC was going to take a couple. And they would be the ones who lost. But the new commissioner of the Big 12 did the right thing of circling his wagons. Yes. And then got aggressive after the Arizona schools. Yeah. But hey, we'll take you guys. We can get Utah. Utah and Colorado will come. Right. Better fit for them anyway. So that makes a lot of sense. For um, sure. And it's funny how all three commissioners, they're not, they're not ADs. That's no commissioners of the, the they're Pac-12. coming from sports and entertainment outside yeah. of an AD type position. Yeah. And uh, the first one was the Pac-12's commissioner who was actually head of sports gaming for MGM. Yeah. And you, but when that happened, I was like, oh, wow, they'll be progressive. And they'll move. But they didn't move fast enough. And, They've been flat footed. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Warren does a great job at the Big Ten. I mean, he's for sure. already whooped the SEC in the in the TV deal. The SEC could do nothing about it for a couple more years at earliest. And then this deal could come in. They're already going to be bringing in a billion dollars a year. And they're going to include a fourth package, which I think a lot of it has to do with how good Amazon has done with Thursday Night Football. And how they really have. I mean, you're rolling your eyes. They've done a really nice job with their production of that. It's been pretty okay, yeah. I, I think well, I think their pregame's been good. Their postgame's good. And I and I didn't think I was going to like Herb Street with uh, with Al Michaels, but I do. I I do not mind them together at all. Yeah. Um, I think on Thursday night's game, I think Herb Street was better than Michaels last week. I mean. I didn't watch the whole game, but that's not surprising. I mean, that's yeah. what the color guy is supposed to be. Yeah. But Michael does a what's different. And here's what's different on the Amazon deal. I was, I think I told you, I don't know if I talked about this last week. You know how Amazon's met, uh, metrics are on this, right? It's not based on just the number of who's watching. You know, usually it's based upon a rating. Right. There's not really a rating for downloads. What they're looking at is how many more Prime members are they going to get? Yeah. Difference being that an average Amazon customer spends $600 a year on Amazon. A Prime customer, on average, spends $1,500. Sure. because you... they're, they're looking at, you know, two and a half times. They're looking at $1,000 a year per customer. If they could add a million Prime customers... That's a billion dollars a year. Well, it's it's the true um, multi-stream marketing kind of thing. Yeah, and if you look at uh, watch the game last night, you noticed a lot of their commercials. They're not, you know, Pepsi and Coke, and you know, even the gambling companies. It's Amazon commercials. Well, why would it be? Yeah, they're not sell. They're not. They're not worried about making it back up in ad revenue. No, that's what CBS and NBC and ESPN are trying to do. 
but I, I'm not the products to sell. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that's necessarily true for streamers. And I don't know yeah. how the ad revenue changes for the local markets yeah. with streaming as opposed to cable subscription. Yeah, but what well, what I mean is that Amazon doesn't seem to be even no, it's it's self-contained. Yeah, they don't even really care. And so that me tells me that in the future they if they wanted to, could turn that revenue on too. They just opted so far not to. They've got to figure out if they can do it. They're, they're, they are. And, and they're going to have certain companies that come along and say, hey, you know, we'll let's partner with you on this. And I mean, it would be dumb for Amazon to not say, do something with Pepsi or Coke or Little Caesars Pizza or whatever. Sure. You know, you're going to see those. Little Caesars, I think, is sponsoring the pre, the pre and post game shows. But, you know, things like they're going to still have those. But it's, you don't see as many of the commercials or Amazon commercials. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty genius, actually. It's saying, hey, we're not making money on this this year. We know it. It's close to universe. It's a billion dollars a year. And in the 10th year of this deal, that billion dollars is going to be nothing to Amazon. Yeah. It's going to be the best deal they ever made. It's going to be such a good deal for them. So and I think that now, I think, you know, these, these conference commissioners will look at that and go, wow. They really are doing a great job of production. They are somewhere people are actually going to watch the product. Sure. Let's give them more to watch. Let's get that money. Yeah. I I will say I think that the streaming field will be completely different in five years. So yeah. everything yeah. is going to be renegotiated. You think that we're going to see less streaming or less, no. stream, little less streamers? No. See, I think we'll see a little bit of people coming together. There, there will be some constriction within the market of yeah. mergers or whatever. But the thing of it is, is that terrestrial TV cannot last. No, you're right. Absolutely. You're right completely. It's Well, in, in July of this year was the first month where there's more people streaming their programming than purchasing cable. Yeah, I mean, and so it's just kind of figuring out how yeah. that interplays with yeah. streaming off of apps or through Roku or Sling or whatever, Apple TV, yeah. whatnot. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that all works. When it's all For set sure. Up. And uh, I did see a, a thing where it looks like Warner Brothers Discovery is trying to make a deal with Comcast where Comcast is, wants to buy out Warner Brothers Discovery. That would be awful. Yeah. Comcast. So all that content. So basically HBO Max would become a portion of Peacock. I think it's I think it's a smart idea for Peacock. I think if they Peacock doesn't have a real identity. No, I get that. Might as well I, just, be awful. I, Might I, I be awful. yeah, I hate it for um I hate it for uh HBO, frankly. Yeah, because they will get lost in the mix, which is unfortunate. And it's well, I have other thoughts altogether. But yeah. you know, on the and I know you're not a big fan of on the wrestling side. That merger would kill AEW wrestling. I have. They have a deal with Warner Brothers. I and have want so bad to not for that deal not to go through. I have zero context for that. So so yeah, all right. Well, 
I want to go ahead and get us out of here on that stuff. So okay. that was the stuff. I want to keep it kind of short this week. We got to get through it. So that's where we're at. Uh, Ellen, thanks for coming on. As always, I enjoy it. I always love talking to you each week. I hope you're enjoying the podcast out there. We want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at the Studio Soapbox for all you do. Hey, the Jones Report comes out every Thursday. I am on there every week right now doing the picks. I'm winning the pick segment. Nice. Believe it or not, I can't seem to get a goddamn pick right over here, but over there, I'm in foul. I was seven and three last week. And you're forced into picks over there. Yes, I'm forced to pick those games. So um, I'm already one and oh because I had the Bengals. So um, yeah, so yeah, check it out. We have a lot of fun on there. Uh, Tom Bridges, their co host, actually going to come on here in a couple of weeks. And Tom is a fucking hoot if you haven't heard him over there. Check out the Jones Report. I want you to do that for me. Um, thank you to you, the listener. I appreciate it. I know we both appreciate everything. For sure. Don't forget to rate us, review us, give us five stars. If you give us four stars, well, we're going to think you're a hater. Yeah, a little bit. That's all money Jones might say. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're available everywhere. Everywhere you find us, you'll find everybody else in the Studio Stuffbox Network. Give us all five stars. It helps us all out. We don't leave how much it does. So until Monday, uh, Coach Bell, Brian O'Connor, have a great weekend. Your time tokens are not refundable. Take care, everybody.